what's up? This is your girl, Taylor Wilde. Welcome back to Wild On Season 5. Bow, 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 bow. <laughs> this is the podcast where you get the insider's view of the weird, wild world of wrestling and witchcraft. On Wednesdays, don't forget to please, please, please hit subscribe. Go on over to the YouTube channel. Listen to me on every single platform that you enjoy podcasts because Wild On is on all of them. You don't have to go to all of them. You can just go to the ones that you listen to podcasts on. But Or, you know, you just go and give me all the reviews because I don't like asking, okay? It's not my favorite thing to do. I would rather you just do it organically and subscribe because you want to catch all the wacky weirdness that comes with the Wild On Podcast weekly. Tell a friend, tell a family member, tell a stranger, tell a stranger and then tell me about how that interaction went. Today's guest was my very first opponent as the Wild Witch. Impact Wrestling's The People's Witch, if you will. She is a spiritual being, and she actually manifested her career as a professional wrestler long before any spiritual awakening. You see the height difference here with Kylan King standing several inches taller than Taylor Wilde. That's going to be a physical mountain that Wilde was kind of. Look at this. Look at this attitude, this energy coming, this intensity from Wilde. Now Wilde goes right after she is tall, fair, and naturally a ginger, our favorite kind of wild on misfit, authentic. Ladies and gentlemen, my girl, Miss Kylan King. We had the pleasure of meeting for the first time in an Impact wrestling ring. Yes, we were, uh, that was my first match there at Impact and uh, I got to to not only wrestle you for the first time, but wrestle you as as the wild witch. Oh my god! Really crazy. Which I loved because we were both exploring together. You know, totally. It was a that was a really big moment for me. Like I I want to talk about the all the things that have to do with you. But yeah, I just I really want to thank you for uh, being there for me and making that moment in my little history because that you know I've I've been this squeaky clean baby face my whole career and now I get to be the most authentic version of myself and that was like really fucking scary. <laughs> it's, exploring anything new in front of a, a live audience is always scary, but I thought we had a lot of fun and I you could tell that you were you were coming into your own. Hey! I loved it. I loved it. <laughs> well, I really really have so much respect for you as a worker, as a human being, and you've been having like some serious momentum for a long time. Now, I know you've told your story a lot, your backstory of how you got into wrestling. Give me the version that you feel comfortable telling. Watched it growing up with my brothers as a kid. Absolutely loved it. Always enjoyed how mad my mom would get when Stone Cold would come on and she thought we broke dishes and stuff like that. It was great. <laughs> but unfortunately, my mother's introduction to professional wrestling was the Attitude Era. Right. So when it came to women in wrestling, all she knew was that. Yeah. Uh, so I remember uh, when she saw me watching it one day with my brothers, she, she made some comments and... Uh, I remember as a child, you know, having having the fear of your parents in your heart. Like I was just like, oh, don't do that. <laughs> Mom doesn't <laughs> like that. <laughs> so I went on this really long journey of just living my life 
for what I thought others wanted out of me. And, uh, you know, it's a good old graduate from high school, go to college, try to find a the, the really job? smart job, the smart <laughs> job or the, the good paying job, the reliant paycheck. Um, and I was in college for about six years and, you know, on and off still continuing to watch professional wrestling, always in the back of my head daydreaming about doing it. And one day I was just in the middle of a college lecture and I started like having a mini anxiety attack because I was thinking about it so much. Oh, wow. I just remember I started sweating. Like I was shaking. I was thinking about the match I watched the night before. And I just sat there and I said, I I'm, I'm doing all this stuff for everybody else, but this is the only thing that I ever think about. This is the only thing that I ever want. And I've wanted this since I was a kid. And this thought has never gone away. <laughs> I was yeah. like, so what the hell am I doing with my life? But I was like this close to graduating college. So I was like, I'm just, I'm going to do, I'm going to finish. I'm going to make my mom happy. Yeah. yeah. Went to go see my, uh, my advisor because I was like supposed to graduate the next semester. And uh, she was like, um, JK, you're not graduating. And I went, why? And she was just like, oh, well, because cause I transferred a lot of colleges uh, okay. at the time. She was like, yeah, when you transferred uh, this and this and this didn't cross over. And I went, and, and at the time I was on a dance scholarship. So every semester I had to take X amount of classes in order to like have rehearsal time and stuff like that. Okay. So I looked at this lady and I was like, this is my schedule every semester. How many semesters would it take to have to go around the schedule so I could continue paying for college? Like how long, how much longer would I be here? Right. And she like did the math and she was like two more years. And I just started crying. I, I looked oh, at her and I said, I already know what I want to do with my life. And it's not going to be what I'm coming, going to college for. I said, I know that sounds terrible. I said, but please withdraw me. Like, so I went home that day and I told my parents, I said, I don't want to go to school anymore. I withdrew. Like, this is what I want to do with my life. And it was probably the biggest fight I've ever had with them. Cause I was of all the children. I was a good child. Like I never got into trouble. I never did anything bad. Um, uh, knock on wood. Uh, <laughs> so, like, cause I have five brothers and a sister and my sister never did anything bad either, but she was raised in a separate household. Okay. So okay. in our household, like I was the one child that like didn't do anything crazy in their life to, to really like throw my parents for a loop. Sure. Sure. My mom didn't speak to me for months. It was, it was a very weird. Cause she, oh, she was wow. like, like at the time I was, I, I felt so traumatized by it. I was like, why doesn't my mother love me? But looking back at it, she had just invested so much in my education and she had like this, this mindset of what my life was going to be. And I completely, I came home one day and went, just kidding, mom. Oh. No. Yeah. So hard. it was, yeah, it was a rough transition. But it's crazy because the moment I made that decision for myself, yeah. Yeah. pieces just started falling into place. It was like the universe was telling me like, hey, thank you for finding listening. We're going to help you now. I mean, obviously, lots of work had to be done. But like I, I got three jobs. I saved up. I moved to Florida with my brothers. Not really with a game plan. My instinct was just, hey, move to Florida. Yeah. I, think it was the, I think it was the performance center. I knew it was there. So my mind was like. That might be a good decision. Of course. Me not knowing anything about the business at this time, like knowing like, or not knowing that like, hey, you can't just show up to Florida and then like, hey, you get fine. Like, that's not how it works. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, so I moved there, no game plan whatsoever. And then I was at a gym down the street from my house. I met a trainer and said, she was just, she saw the way I was training. She was curious. She was like, what, what are you getting in shape for? And I was like, oh, I want to be a professional wrestler. <laughs> 
And she like started dying laughing. She was like, oh my God, one of my clients is a professional wrestler. And I went, get out. And she's like, no, he trains at a school like 40 minutes down the road. And I was like, all right, cool. So she gives him my phone number. I hop in a car with this guy like a week or so later. And I go to Team 3D where Bubba and Devon uh, run their school. Yep. And uh, I couldn't afford it at the time. And then like a month later, they had a deal. I just happened to have it. Like, I shouldn't have spent this money, but I just happened to have enough money in my bank account. I was like, all right, let's, uh, I might not eat next week, but let's do it. Wow. Yeah, it was. I did not make a good, a lot of good financial decisions on this journey, but somehow I'm still here. So <laughs> it sounds to me like you had so many universal messages like, oh, yeah, you know, we associate mental health with, you know, panic attacks and depression and anxiety. And of course, that is there. But to me, that was the universe really shaking the shit out of you being like, you're out of alignment. You're not living your most authentic life. You took this quintessential leap of faith you moved to florida i don't believe in coincidences i think everything happens for a reason you didn't just meet that trainer because you met that trainer because that was your next step in your wrestling journey to meet somebody and then you ended up at like one of the best wrestling schools in north america with the right people you just so happen to magically have the right amount of money in your bank account no fucking coincidences here girlfriend you are spiritually held by the universe and you are listening and the universe is giving back to you so this is this is incredible you are like you're feeding everything i live for so please please continue i just want to i just wanted to before we got to a big believer and like energy and, and and like listening like i've always sometimes i've made decisions and people are like why is that your choice and i said because that's what my gut is telling me and they're like that's your intuition yeah like look at all the, the facts like this yeah decision and i'm like Maybe not. I said, this is what my gut is telling me. 100%. Nobody ever taught me that way of thinking or that way of, of praying and believing and stuff like that. It's just yeah. one day I kind of woke up and I closed my eyes and I started praying and I just started envisioning like the sky, the earth, like people that have used to be here, people that are here, people who haven't been born. Like, it's really weird to explain. Nope. My brain just started thinking about the entire universe as a whole and not just like one entity and it, like Ever since then, that's just been my way of, of meditating and, and understanding and just making decisions. Like, I don't know. If I'm, I, I'm sure to you that makes sense. I don't know if to some people listening that will make sense. Oh, you know that I am all about this. Like, to me, you're meditating and you're manifesting and you are living proof that it's, you know, we've been told these things our whole life. You could do anything you put your mind to. But what does that exactly mean? That means visualizing yourself in the position you want to be and it's not like i i am going to try to get to this journey you literally change the language and that's the energy that's what's powerful you said to yourself i am going to be a professional wrestler the end and you made it happen and the fact that you weren't even like well read and you weren't born into this but you literally started doing like this quantum leap in your head that's incredible yeah yeah Red Velvet, she's like one of my best friends in the business. And okay. when I started thinking that way, she's she's my crystal mama. Like every <laughs> every birthday, every holiday, she's always like sends me stuff. Like she sent me like this little coin that is about success. And like she always sends me all these things and she sends me like links to books like, hey, if you want to understand more about why you felt this way, read this. And I'm just like, oh, this is so cool because there's so many connections that you think are weird and you don't understand them. And then you read and you break down the, the psychology of it and how it all connects and works. And then you're like, Oh my God, of course, it totally makes sense. Like it's, it's just all about the energy and how you control it. Like, 
That's it. Well, I'm definitely going to have to get Miss Velvet on the show because I didn't realize she was such a spiritual being. That's so exciting. Yeah, she when I when I started trying to figure out all like because I I never understood it. I just followed the the gut feelings and stuff like that. And uh, Mm -hmm. when I I had a conversation with her one day and I just happened to bring it up and she's like, oh, my God, you're you're so spiritual. She's like, you don't even realize it. And I was like, what? And then she started (laughs) explaining it all to me. I was like, oh, my gosh, this is so cool. We're all psychic. We all have intuition. It's just a matter if you open yourself up to looking for the signs and it, you know your that gut feeling that is your intuition and look how powerful you are. You you've made it all happen. So obviously our listeners that have followed your journey, they know you've trained at the 3D Academy. We've seen you on AEW, AEW, we've seen you on Impact. What does your 2023 year look like? Are you already booked out the wazoo on the independence? Where what are we feeling? What are what are we what are we manifesting for you? I've got some good bookings coming. This last year was really about making people understand that the because because like I said, as much work was put in, there were a lot of big pieces that got kind of like thrown into place to really help the wheel keep rolling. Like okay. for example, when I when I got out into the independence, about a year and a half in, mm-hmm. I started getting a little bit of bigger bookings that I knew like if I did really well, it would be very good for my career. You know, it it would have uh I would have a good reputation with the right people and I would start getting bigger bookings. And then the pandemic hit. Okay. I was like, ah, crap. Okay. <laughs> Everything got canceled. Everybody got yeah. locked up. And when I, when I was at 3d about six months in, that is when Billy Gunn became a trainer there. Mm-hmm. And Billy Gunn is a huge, or it was a huge piece of why my career is where it is right now. And he doesn't like to admit, he's like, no, nah, man, you did all the work. So I'm like, no, Billy, like I owe <laughs> so much to you. Like you have no idea because for some reason, him and I just, we bonded the instant mm-hmm. he showed up there and he has always had my back. Like there were days when I didn't have a car, he would come pick oh. me up and make sure I went to school. Like, yeah, he he always looked out for me hardcore. He's your wrestling dad. He's my wrestling dad. I, I call him dad all the time. His sons look at me like, why are you calling him dad? I'm like, because he's literally like, he's my <laughs> wrestling dad. He he made sure I was still here. Like I wouldn't be here if it wasn't. They're very important. We need our wrestling dads. Yeah. When the pandemic hit, I, I lost my job. I had to move in with my boyfriend in South Florida. Okay. And about a week later, he hits me up and he's like, hey, why haven't you hit me up about AEW? And I was like, um, because I figured you have so many people in your email hitting you up and I didn't want to be one of those people. Sure. And he was just like, he was like, no, no, no. He's like, I want them to, I want them to meet you. I want you to get work and make some money. He's like, come, go get a test, come here. So like, that jump started everything you know i i got my foot in the door through billy i worked hard to stay there and i i proved myself enough that they kept bringing me back and letting me work throughout the whole pandemic era so part of me always felt like some people had this impression that i just got lucky because of the pandemic era and that's why my name took off Mm. so so this past year my biggest mission has been to just have my face and my name pop up everywhere love it and just and just to show people like hey Yes, I had some lucky circumstances, but a lot of hard work has been done. And I'm going to prove to you that it's not about the people who trained me that got me where I am. It's about me getting me where I am. And so, yeah, so that's really what I wanted to do with 2022. That's why I kind of stepped away from AEW a little bit because I didn't want to be, I didn't want to become a lifelong jobber. I didn't want to, you know, and they didn't have a a place for me on the roster. And I felt it like the, the energy was there. I was like, I was like, it doesn't matter how much they appreciate me. I said, they don't have anything for me. Right. Let me step away. Let me go bust my butt on the indies a little bit more. Let me go see if, you know, if there's 
work elsewhere. And I hit up Mickey uh, about NWA and, and she was like, oh, we thought you were signed. We didn't know. So that's when I started doing that. And then I got in uh, contact with Gail and Tommy and, and Bubba and they, they were slowly but surely trying to get me some work on impact, which we finally got to do. Right. Um, yeah. So yeah, so it's, it's, this past year has just been a long journey of making people understand that it's not luck. It's, it's my passion and my hard work. That's getting me where I am. Oh girl. Well, <laughs> for 2023, I want to take, now that I feel like I've made that statement, I want to, to get to a point where it's like, I'm the draw. I'm the reason why people are coming, you know, and, and not just me, but whatever division I'm in, whatever company I'm working for, like growing up, I remember I always wanted to be making history, doing first time ever, just really solidify my myself. Like I always envisioned that. I was like, that's, that's what I want to do. And so I would like to get into a permanent company or I would like to get into a company, a permanent roster and yeah. just start building some really amazing stories and uh, moments with, with some awesome ladies and oh, or men. I love that. Oh, <laughs> the best part about what you just said is you said, I want to be the main draw. You didn't say, I hope, or I'm, you know, I, my plan is, you said, I am. And that is powerful. That's, that's what the universe is going to support and keep every day. Think of that, visualize it. I, Cause I always visualized as a kid, uh, as a teenager in my twenties, and I didn't think anything of it. I just thought I lived in my head and that's what people did. I didn't realize that I was actually making shit happen. Any naysayer, any hater that says you got where you've gotten because of who your trainers are, I'm sorry. That is absolute bullshit because <laughs> it's being universally aligned. You wouldn't have met these people if you weren't working to get there. If it wasn't your pa you didn't just wake up one day, stumble out your door, and Billy Gunn was like, hey, you want to go to AEW? That's not how it worked at all. And as someone who is a veteran in the business, and someone who was always a wrestler. I was never the model. I was never the, like I was I've always been a wrestler. You are probably one of the best talents I've seen come through the business in a long time. So for anyone that ever says anything not cute about your talent, I put my stamp of approval on you times a billion. Thank you. That means the world to me. Truly, like it's 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 one of those things because you know how it is. We are always our worst critic. A hundred percent. I was always so mad at myself that I didn't start younger because I I took my first bump when I was twenty five. I'm almost thirty two now. Yeah. And like part of me w was so afraid that I waited too long that I wasn't going to be able to tap into that athleticism that I wasn't gonna. Because they always say, like, you only have until a certain age before your you, your body and your brain can learn things. Mm -hmm. Once you get past a certain age, it's like you're, you're you just can't learn it. Right. And I've seen and I've seen that happen. Like, I, I, I remember we had like a 40 something year old man come into our school one day and he was trying to learn. And it was like he had never played a sport in his life. He had never done anything. And so it's like no matter how we tried to explain it to him, it just wasn't clicking computing. Yeah. yeah and I was I was always so worried that that was going to be my journey so every single time I watch my work I'm just I I tear it the f apart I'm just like oh like this and I know how I want it to look and like <laughs> and you always will because you care but that's what makes you good that's not a bad thing I don't think time is linear I don't think time is actually a con like a constraint on your where you are in your life you were always meant for this life 
and it didn't what is meant for you will always be for you and I think personally especially when it comes to character work you have to have life experience one thing I will say on top of your talent is you seem whether it's you know your character or not you seem so self-assured and even like the little like winks you give at the camera and like you are where you're supposed to be because you seem so confident in yourself and in your character in the ring where do you draw that energy and that confidence from is there is there like a musician or another wrestler like where do you draw inspiration from growing up i was always like the oddball I, I was way taller than all the girls in my class. I was very, very, obviously, I'm very, very pale. <laughs> we love this, though. Orange isn't my natural color, obviously, but I was a redhead. So okay. I was just like this bright, ginger, really loud group of five brothers. So my mannerisms were very like, I don't give a F. Like, I sure. just, I was the kid who would sit on the couch upside down with her legs up in the air. And everybody would be like, that's not appropriate. And I'd be like, it's comfortable. I don't care. Like... <laughs> Just, that's how I was. And so for the longest time, I was I was always told I looked weird or like, go get a tan, like, or, you know, what, why are you wearing high heels? Like all that stuff, or you're too loud, you're too obnoxious, like you need to settle down. And like, I summed up my journey so quickly earlier, but honestly, like everything that I went through prepared me for, for, for professional wrestling. Mm-hmm. I... I played because of all my brothers, I played as many sports as I could get my hands on because I wanted to feel connected to them. Uh, because like I was so loud and had all this energy, my mom and dad were like, hey, get into theater, like do that. And so I, I did theater and musical theater and I started learning how to dance. And and then around the age 18, because I was still like so in love with wrestling and I wanted to be a fighter and all that stuff, but my mom was like, ah, and I was like, okay, I need something. <laughs> I did martial arts and I did all this stuff to just learn how to fight and have fun and and get that energy out somewhere, that passion out somewhere. So I went on this long journey of through all of these, these art forms to discover that everything that people told me was wrong about me when I was a kid was what made me work in this business. Mm. And I was like, so like when I come out, because I think in our head, like right before we walk through that curtain, all the insecurities like go. Hundred percent. I shit myself every time before I hit the stage. Every time. It's like, it's like, do I look good in this gear? Um, am I? Did I? Did I work out enough this week? Did I eat too much today? Am I gonna throw up on it? Like all these insecurities <laughs> just go through your head right before you. Totally. And as soon as all those go in one side and out the other, as soon as I walk out and I see the crowd, I just like it all just evaporates, and I go. Everything that you were told is wrong with you is what makes these people watch you when you walk out. And that just gives me, it it just, no matter how nervous I am, no matter what kind of moment we're about to experience, like that energy just, just ignites this flame in me. And I just, I'm like, where's the camera? I want you to, cause, cause I remember from when I was a kid, China was, was that symbol to me that like, like she was the, the first symbol to me that like, Hey, being different is fine. Yes. Being tall, being jacked as hell, being being uh, one of the boys, like all those things, like that's perfectly fine. You're going to make money doing that. So I, I think I kind of, um, I try to embody her a little bit. Love that. I'm still working on the stretch. She had such a phenomenal <laughs> stretch. So I'm still working on that part. But just, just owning the fact that like, yes, I'm very different looking, but that's why y'all paid money to come watch me. And like uh-huh. that just gives me so much power. So that's that's kind of what goes through my head. <laughs> I love that. 
everything that is wrong with you or everything that you thought was wrong with you is why people come to see you. That is such beautiful, full circle wording. I oof, That should be your t-shirt. <laughs> like I said, when I, when I saw China on my TV, I kind of got a mental idea of it, but yep. nobody ever verbally said that to me. I kind of had to learn that lesson myself on my own, like sure, my own sure. inner monologue. Yep. If if there was somebody who would have said that to me when I was younger, uh-huh. that would have meant the world to me. So like that's always been like the one message that I've always tried to preach is, is like, don't go out and commit crimes and stuff like that. But yeah. if it's just a matter of you're, you're different, you're unique, you're weird, like yep. own that. Because I bet you there's in some format that is going to be your success one day. That's what makes you so cool and so different is your height, is being a a red, orange-haired sister, you know, being fair because it makes you different. It makes you unique. And I think uh, what I say when your character seems so confident, it's because it's authentic. You're in your alignment and we're all misfits. That's why we're wrestlers. (laughs) We're all messed up somehow. (laughs) Totally. And it took me this long to be authentic and in my alignment because my biggest battle was I am equal parts feminine as I am masculine. And you're always trying to fit into one box or the other. And it's like, no, you can be both. Like you, but you have to carve out your own niche when that is not the norm. You know, I can like doing my hair and I can like doing my makeup and I can like wearing cute outfits, but I'm also a really good firefighter and I feel really confident in my wrestling abilities. And those are very historically masculine things. And and I say these things and I do these things and I talk about it now because for that very reason, if there is a young woman or a man who is really struggling to embrace both masculine and feminine, you don't pick one girl, you don't pick one boy, you don't pick one they, you be both and you live your most authentic truth. Because it took me almost 37 years to figure that out for myself. And I love that you figured that out for you. So keep keep at it and turn it up to a thousand. (laughs) It's one of my favorite things. Like, I feel like I see it a lot more now that I'm professional wrestling because we're constantly on that kind of journey of of self-discovery because we have to be in order to find ourselves in the, in the ring and our work. But now it's become one of my favorite things. Like if I start with like, if I get to know somebody when they first start wrestling and then like a year later, I get to fast forward and see like how much they've come into themselves, how much they've discovered who they are and how much less crap they're taking from people and all that <laughs> stuff. I just sit there and I'm like, oh, yes. Like, it just makes me so happy. Because I, I think a lot of the time we get caught up because we have to think about ourselves a lot. That's like, we true. have That's to think true. about our work, where yeah. we're going, yeah. our merch, like everything. We, we always have to think about ourselves. I always try at least every once in a while to just sit back and observe and be like, oh, I remember you a year ago. You were such a scared little child and now look at you. Like, uh, it's, just, it's one of my favorite things. It's beautiful, isn't it? And I feel like because you're somebody who's been on your journey and you have this platform and you've told your story, you probably attract a lot of people into your life, whether you know it or not. And we call it, Chrissy Vane and I call it like booping other people on the head, whether they know it or not. And you're opening that world up to them. So I think you're a little bit of a booper.
Let's do my top 10 tailor-made questions. It's not a speed round. It's just a way to redirect and ask some specific questions. Are we ready? Yes. Okay. What is your zodiac sign? I'm a Taurus. Oh, of course you are. (laughs) All my best friends, every man I've ever dated has always been an earth, earth sign. And obviously we don't know each other well, but I feel like I feel like we could spend a lot of time together and like we're instantly family. I got you. I got you. (laughs) Thanks, girl. I appreciate you. (laughs) If you could create your own Zodiac sign, what would the top three traits be that would make that person the most attractive? So like for me, I need someone who's grounded. Uh, I like somebody who's spontaneous and I like someone who is like very like uh, soft and mushy, like very sensitive, but yeah. Oh, so this this is a person for me. Yeah, friend or romantic doesn't matter. Okay, okay. Uh, I definitely like the spontaneity thing because okay. I think sometimes I'm very set in routine. And uh, earth, 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 earth. <laughs> yeah, I'm very set in routine because I I I know what finds me success and I know what finds me. Uh, I know what patterns. Uh, lead to positive results right. so sometimes I get really stuck in that yeah. uh, and so once in a while and, and sometimes but, and as good as I can be it leads to a lot of putting a lot of pressure on yourself sometimes and a lot of, of yes. anxiety and sure. I think somebody with spontaneity who would just snap me out of that sometimes would be wonderful I love that Trevor can be spontaneity so <laughs> good. there we go good Trevor <laughs> second one would probably be probably would be very romantic. Oh, I love that. A lot of things happened to me when I was younger that uh, made me feel like I wasn't being worth being loved for the longest time. Like I was, I almost was single for six years. Wow. Because of just some some mental trauma I went through with, with a young gentleman. Okay. So it's very important for me to, it doesn't have to be 24 seven, but it's very important for somebody to have a little bit of romantic side. So that way, when they know I need it, they remind me like, hey girl, oh. you are beautiful, you are loved. Like- <laughs> I, I need that every day, yes. at least once a day. And I don't think that's asking too much. No, not at all. So, <laughs> so we need that. No matter what you've been through in your life, you need that, it's important. Agreed. And, oh, I need one more. Actually, no, I think I need to switch it to stability. In, in, in our line of work, yes. a lot of things change all the time. That's and true. I would I would need to know that I'm coming home to something that is not only stable mentally, but stable like financially. Love that. Sometimes you meet people and it's like one day they believe this, but then the next day they believe this. Or, or right. one day they like this person, the next day it's like, ah, oh, screw that. Like stability as just a human being overall, where it's like, I don't have to come home and, and know that they feel about feel about me like this one day and then all of a sudden like they're just a completely different person like yes I've experienced that before it's not fun so stability I love this this is good this is very good okay what is your secret supernatural power so mine for example is I can read a room or I can read a person within two minutes and that's due to childhood trauma so what is your supernatural power I was literally gonna say that perfect so good at reading people's energy I love that I think it's gotten a lot better since I got into wrestling okay I 
within about five to 10 minutes of meeting somebody, I can tell if we're going to get along or not. Trevor, Trevor is like, uh, for those who don't know who Trevor is, that's my, my other half. Yes. Oh. He's one of those people where he's just chill. He doesn't read into things. He's just like here to have a good time. That's it. Oh, so we'll like leave a room and I'll be like, yeah, I don't, I'm not getting good vibes with that person. And he'll be like, what? And I'm like, you didn't pick up on this and this and this. And he's just like, man, you see a lot of things that I don't see. Like, I'm just sitting there eating some food. Like, that's all I'm doing. And I'm just like, no, man. I was like, and I think, too, it's kind of what you said. It's just going through enough experiences and then trauma and being treated a certain way enough times. Yeah. Just be aware of the factors of what makes a person the kind of person you want to hang with or the kind of person that you could kind of see being a little shady with you. Like, a hundred percent. There's been a couple moments where like somebody will be like, I think you're reading too much into that. And I'll be like, okay, maybe no. you're right. Maybe, maybe I need to chill. <laughs> and then fast forward like a month later. Okay. Do you believe in ghosts? And if so, do you have a ghost story? I do believe in ghosts. Good. <laughs> I have, okay. So I have two ghost stories. I have one that's okay. really sweet and one that's like terrifying as hell. Okay. When I was seven, my great grandmother passed away. And she lived, she lived a long, beautiful life. So it was nothing, it was nothing traumatic or, or, sure, sure. you know, it's just, it was her time. Yes. And uh, the Christmas before she passed, she had given me this card and it was like, this was back in the days where like the cards that made noise when you opened them, it was like a brand new thing oh, that yeah. had never been done before. So she gave me a card that when you opened it, it played Carol the Bells. And it was particular, it was specifically to me, it was signed because I was named after her. My, oh. my shoot, my shoot first name is, is, is after her. And uh, so I, I always felt so connected to her. Um, and so when she passed, like, that was my, the first death I had ever experienced. And I, I was just, I remember it, it took me a while to get over. It. I was very surprised. I did, I didn't understand it. I was too young to understand death, but for some reason, like it just hit me really hard. So for weeks on end, every night I would open the card, put it under my pillow, and fall asleep to the song. Aww. So I would, so I would like dream about her. Aww. And uh, obviously, you know, everything has a battery life. So at one point, <laughs> I went to go open the card, and it wouldn't play anymore. And I, I like broke down. I was crying. I was so upset. Aww. So we take, I take the card, I put it in one of my drawers, Aww. and then one night I, I wake up. And the card is underneath my pillow and the song is playing. Oh, I love that. And I didn't tell anybody where I put this card. Like I didn't like, it was more like my own internal breakdown. I didn't really tell anybody about it. So when I woke up and the card was under my pillow, I'm like, there's no way that anybody knew to do this. So I know for a fact, like that was my grandmother putting the card under my pillow one last time. So I could just have one last moment. Oh. And let her, and like it was her, it was her way of letting me know, like, hey, I'm okay, and you're gonna be okay too. Isn't that beautiful closure? Oh, it was, it was amazing. The more recent one was actually a few years ago when I was living in Orlando. I woke up one night, and mind you, the 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 person that I was uh, sharing a house with at the time, he was out of town at okay. a wrestling show. Okay. Okay. And I woke up one night, and I heard a man's voice in my room. And I just started panicking. I just like it was it was one of those things like the childhood, like if I just stay still and stay yep. no one can touch me. It's fine. So I had this alarm clock, but uh this alarm clock never turned on. Like it, it just showed me the time, but none of the other functions worked on this alarm clock. It was a hand-me-down, it was oh 
<laughs> it was just it was just there so I knew what time it was. Like that yeah, was it. Yeah. Um and I woke up one night and all of a sudden the radio turned on and there was a man's voice coming through static and but the things he was saying was like so cruel. Like like he he was just saying like where the fuck are you? Like he was just like he was <sighs> mouthing all these nasty things. And like my friend tried to explain to me, like, oh, it was probably a trucker's channel. And I'm like, you don't understand. I was like, this clock never worked before. It never did anything except show me the time. Like I've, I've tried using the radio stations. I've tried doing all this stuff. I was like, nothing. I said, I think somebody, and I found out a week later that they're like a couple months before I ever moved in there, somebody had been murdered in that neighborhood. I think the person that got murdered like came through my radio and started talking. It was, it was, it's so bizarre. I wish I could give better details, but like the things he was saying, like I was terrified. Like I oh, wouldn't yeah. even flash my light. I wouldn't oh, even yeah. flash my light to see if there was anybody in the room. I was just so terrified. And I just stayed there looking at my window until the sun came up. Like I, it was just, and I think around like 4.35 in the morning, that's when the voice finally stopped. Wow. Well, not even a few minutes later, the sun came up and I was like, oh my God. Wow. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's safe to say I threw that alarm clock away. Yeah. Do <laughs> not use that thing anymore. I fully relied on my phone. Sage the shit out of your space. <laughs> it was, and, and yeah. There's something really dark in Orlando and I don't know what it is. No, I feel that because I remember when I moved to South Florida, I instantly, like, my spirit just felt better. Like, oh. I couldn't explain it because during my time there, I was so broke and so, like, it was so, so it was one of those keep your head down to survive kind of things. Yeah. But when I moved to South Florida, I just remember, like, I took a walk around the block and I was like, oh my gosh, I feel so at peace here. Crazy, isn't it? But you say that, that's probably why. Like, 100%. It's, it's there's a lot of dark places in Orlando. And they always say, too, like, when you're going through struggles, which the person I was there visiting, she was going through, like, probably one of her darkest times. And I was kind of on the end of going through something, but I was in a different place. They always say that negative entities try, like, they go to the, like, the low vibe people because you're you're easy to manipulate. So it's, that the, all, everything you're saying completely makes sense. Oh, my God. Yeah, and now that you say that, I when the radio thing happened yes I just gone through something really terrible a hundred percent loud because it's it's very personal but that's okay like i i had just it, it had gotten to a point where i was like drinking a bottle of wine because i i i have a, a member of my family who struggles with uh, addiction yeah so i've always been very aware like don't get too hung up on stuff and i was yeah. i was so depressed at the time that i was like drinking a bottle of wine every night and i was like oh my gosh this is how alcohol alcoholism starts and I stopped and I was trying to like get myself out of that place and that's around the time it happened mm -hmm. that makes total sense total sense and substance abuse too these are all things that yep girl you are not crazy you are just uh spiritual and uh you're open and yeah but I always sage 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 your spaces <laughs> once a week every week Yes. <laughs> okay. Let's let's change gears. Uh, let's talk pee or nip slip. If you had a choice, <laughs> it have have either happened to you in the ring or wrestling? No, I almost had a nip slip once. Okay. Like the first gear I ever had was <laughs> was not made for my body, and uh, <laughs> I gave this girl something. Yep. I, I went to go feedback around. I went and I went. Hold on. 
<laughs> there actually the photographer got me a picture of me going oh i love that <laughs> so it was like this this close to coming out and i think like, i caught it i looked down because i was in the middle of doing like the hair flip oh yeah looked down and i saw it and i went we're gonna stop this spot real quick <laughs> hey and then i recovered but Neither have happened to me, knock on wood. That's okay. You had a near miss. That counts. Close. Come close. That's fine. <laughs> what is your wrestling pet peeve? So two pet peeves. Cause like It was always instilled in me. Pay attention to the card you're on. Yep. And stay aware of the show as it's going on. Yes. So like, if you don't have time to stay aware of the show, talk to everybody that's on the show and make sure that no story is being repeated. Like if, if you have if you have a match where it's a heavy ass arm drag story mm-hmm. story like maybe don't do a bunch of that in your match like hundred percent pay attention to people's finishers don't use yours as like a transition move <laughs> like I was in the middle of a, a big storyline at one show we were our third match in like this was the girl and I's third match in this rivalry okay and it was like it was supposed to be like the biggest match that we had. Yep. And a lot of the details that we put into our match to tell the story of the grudge between us was used in another match, <sighs> like early on on the card. And oh, I went, no. I looked at her and I said, thankfully, we're professionals. We need to call something else to get to that same story. Right. She was just like, okay. So I just think it's really important, like, especially if it's it's a show and a, and a locker room that you work with regularly. Yeah. Pay attention to what's going on story-wise. Pay attention to, like, what makes uh, that wrestler stand out in the ring and like what they use in order to like tell their character and their story and try maybe to not do that. Yeah. It's, it's disrespectful. Yeah. But also on a smaller note, uh, leg slaps were the wrong things. <laughs> I, I'm not opposed to leg slaps. I'm very guilty of it myself. But yeah. when I see people do leg slaps for chops or leg slaps for punches. Yes. It drives me nuts. That's more than fair. I save my leg flaps for my big, big kicks and like th- things that I want everybody to understand. Like this means this means something. Like that's what I save. Great. I try to save them for. I've seen slaps go from "Hey, my big kicks" to "Hey, I'm going to use it for everything." It loses it. It loses it. Yeah. Well, people, people make all these jokes about leg slaps, like, oh, like these mother effers use it for everything. I'm like, no, it used to be used for important things. And now people yeah. have just gotten into the bad habit of doing it for everything. And totally. now the meaning is taken away. So that's probably my, my other big thing. I like this. This is all good. <laughs> what or who is your favorite band or artist? <laughs> um, so my music taste is so bipolar. It goes back and forth. But... I will say the one band that no matter what mood I've been in, they've always struck gold with me, Muse. Oh, I love Muse. I love Muse. Every album, there's always at least two songs that like two or three songs that stick with me that I just, they they hit Madness. Yep. Probably. I know it's one of their newer ones and I always hate being the person that uses newer songs because then people are like, oh, you can listen to them when they were original. I, I love that song because that song came out during a time where I needed to hear a song like that and so mm. it just stuck with me and that's probably like one of my favorite songs by them. Muse, AWOL Nation, oh, I love them. They're so weird and different. Like if you've never listened to Nights of Shame by mm-hmm. them, it's 15 minutes long. Oh wow. It's ridiculous and it changes like a ton throughout the song. But if you like weird like things where you're, you go on a journey, listen to it. 
Okay. On a completely like opposite spectrum. Yeah. Probably Paramore. <gasps> Ooh, I do love Paramore. <laughs> I'm with you on that. Okay. Uh, name a movie that changed your life. A League of Their Own. <gasps> Good one. Great one. I love that movie. First movies that ever started teaching me about like feminism and uh, the importance of being a strong female and like not listening to the the dialogue that comes from men a lot because sometimes and also understanding that there are men who are empathetic and on our side like like a big percentage of them are just like you know women whatever but there there are a small few that have our backs they just they just don't get the light that they deserve like that that movie taught me a lot of different things and i probably watched that movie so much. oh me too i love it that's a great one who is your most embarrassing crush of all time? Probably Orlando Bloom. Oh, oh <laughs> that's cute. I I crushed on him when he was Legolas in Lord of the Rings. <laughs> but I remember I watched the movie and I just thought Legolas was such a hunk. And he was the first one that like ever made me want to go get posters and print out. I wasted so much printer ink on my dad's computer. <laughs> going on google and printing out pictures of orlando bloom and my dad was so he's like why do you keep printing this man you're wasting all my ink do you know how expensive this is and i'm just like i don't care he's beautiful and i have like a whole notebook like and i say notebook like like a, a three thing binder like and i would put in yeah. pictures Oh, you had the whole book. And it was a very strange experience. I didn't understand why I was becoming so obsessive. I was just like, yeah, he's just, I just really enjoy his face. Like, that's it. <laughs> I just like his face and what he does with it. <laughs> Where can our listeners find you on the interwebs? What are your social media handles? Super easy at Kylan King for both uh, Instagram and Twitter. I don't know why I was about to say YouTube. Uh, Instagram <laughs> and Twitter. Uh, I post there all the time because I like to keep up to date of what I'm up to, what I'm doing, whether it's shows, interviews, signings. So follow me there. Perfect. Okay, last one. Finish this lyric. <clears throat> I should be over all the butterflies. But I'm into you. I'm into you. I'd bring grocers. Like I was like, I hate being put on the spot. Crap. Wait, no, I do know this. <laughs> Thank you. Well, this was so much fun. Thank you so much for taking the time out. And you're the first episode of season five. Yay! Five is a lucky number two, so. Oh, five, five, five is my angel number, so that. What is not to love about a spiritual fellow female professional wrestler and one who believes in ghosts and owns her most authentic self. And that is exactly what you see when Kylan King steps in the ring. I think my favorite part of the interview was when she talked about how all the parts of herself that she thought never fitted in, that she always criticized, those are the parts of her that makes her professional wrestling character and that is what me and all of my listeners and all the Kylan King fans truly love. That's 
That's what wrestling is all about. That's what this podcast is all about. This is a place where I collect my misfit professional wrestling witchcraft family. So welcome back to Wild On. We had a little bit of a break and now apparently I can't speak. I don't know if you heard the... It's been a week. It's always been a week though. It's me. I think if you've been along this journey, you know I do all the things in the small amount of time I have every day. There's never enough hours in the day. There's never enough hours to sleep. So we're gonna we're gonna keep on keeping with the wild on realness because I think that's what each and every one of see every one of you tune into weekly when we get wild on Wednesdays. All right, and until next week, keep calm and wild on. And just a little P.S. I could not, would not be able to do this without my very own chosen family, the Wild On team, my badass punk rock girl band. I've got my right-hand woman, my queen, editor and producer, Rochelle Duras. She's not just my editor producer. She's my friend. She's my family. She's my pseudo manager. Pseudo? Pseudo. English is challenging. And... The right-hand woman to my right-hand woman is Madison Galshani. She does all the things on the interwebs that I don't know how to do, but I need them. All right, until next week. Love you guys.